All right, this month we are focusing on the concept of freedom and freedom in lots of different areas. Today, we're going to tap into an area that everybody is uncomfortable with. So get uncomfortable. Everyone struggles with letting stuff go. Don't look at me like this is not true. <laughs> so what I have noticed in people and in myself is that there are two ways of letting go. One is by force, which is what most of us follow. And what that means is that we absolutely do not let stuff go until we are forced to, until there's some event in our life or some situation in our life that sort of pushes us to the edge, and then finally, we have to surrender. That's me. And then there are some of us who choose it freely. And so this morning, we're going to look to see how is it we could choose freely. What is it we could do in our lives to not have to be forced to let go, but to actually let go freely and to be conscious of it and to begin to look at the things in our lives that are really causing us limitation and fear and doubt and all those areas that continue to hold us back from freely choosing. So sometimes it's hard to let go of the hand that you seem to need. But oftentimes it is pride that is causing us to hold that on or that we think we somehow should fix it or that somehow it will shift or change. And yet there is a voice, a spirit voice that says, let go. And there's the wonderful story of the man who's falling off the edge of the cliff and he's holding on to the branch. And like most good Catholic people, he begins to make a bargain with God. And he begins to pray to God and he says to God, God, if you will just save me, I will serve you the rest of my life. And God speaks up and says, that's easy to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to let go. And the man thinks about it and says, is there someone else up there I can talk to? <laughs> because we don't want to let go. And yet the letting go is the real key. What I have learned is the universe cannot get in if you do not let go, which means you cannot use the power that is greater than you are, that can change and shift your life, cannot get in if you do not let it in. So when we hold on to stuff and we refuse to let go, the universe cannot get in to help us. How about that? Because we live in a universe with a God essence that only moves when we say it moves. When we make the decision and we make the choices, it is only then that the universe can get in. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to think of some area in your life, I know you won't have to think hard or long, where you refuse to let go of something. It could be a relationship, it could be anything that you're experiencing that is causing unhappiness in your life, something that causes doubt, something that is causing fear. And it's precisely in that that we're going to look at some ways that we could actually let go and let the universe in to help us. I love Maxine. She, uh, she says, uh, been there, forgotten that. <laughs> um, there's an anniversary card that's my favorite uh, from Maxine. It says, if you love something, set it free. 
If it's yours, it will come back to you. If it doesn't, it wasn't yours in the first place. But if it's just sitting there watching television, unaware that it has been set free, you probably already married it. <laughs> we marry lots of things. We make commitments to things that don't serve us, and we marry it. And then we defend it. And then it causes us pain. And it causes us discomfort. And yet in the midst of it, Spirit is saying the same thing. What if you could let it go? What if you could release it? The belief, the story, whatever it is that we're creating. So Maxine says, don't believe everything you think. I'm going to say to you, don't believe everything you're invested in. Because when you fear, feel fear and limitation, you feel you are trapped, you're holding on. You're holding on, and you could be free instead. Surrender is a very important concept in the Christian community. We don't talk about much of that here, and I'm sorry that we don't. So I'm going to start talking about it, because recently I had an experience um, and it was in the end of my first week after chemo. And I'm not proud of this experience, but I was in the end because I began to realize how important it was. I was really struggling and having a hard time with lots of things. I was battling insurance companies to get them to cover some drugs. I had about 16 sores in my mouth, so it meant I couldn't swallow and I couldn't eat. And I was battling with a MuGuard company to try to get a mouthwash that would relieve this. And my first time I went through chemo, MuGuard not only um, covers the sores, but it gets rid of them. But this company is very interesting. And you have to argue with them, and you have to battle the insurance company. And so all of that is going on in my life whilst I'm sicker than a dog. So I go through a process of about five days of dealing with this MuGuard company in Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm saying it out loud because somehow the universe is going to get this sermon in front of those people. <laughs> and I dealt with people who were mean and uncompassionate. And finally, I got no response from them, and meanwhile, I'm not eating, having a hard time drinking. I am nauseated. I'm having trouble with diarrhea. I cannot eat and I have a splitting headache. And I called this company and said, where are we? And the woman said to me, you're nowhere in our system. After five days. And I broke down and cried on the phone and said, you people are mean. And I hung up the phone. I was by myself. And I began to sob because nothing was working. The drugs weren't working on the diarrhea. The headache was horrible. I couldn't eat. The sores were horrible. And I'm, I'm in this mess, and I'm just sobbing. And so I had this full-blown pity party, which I well deserved. And then in about five minutes, the phone rang. It was my nurse, Gina, from Rocky Mountain Cancer Center. And the other thing I forgot to tell you is I have been losing my voice because of some of the drugs that I'm on. So I could barely answer the phone. And Gina calls and said, 
The Mugard company just called and they feel bad that they made a grown man cry. And I said, I thought it wasn't in their system. She said, can you get down here? So I drove down in the mess that I was in. And I walked in and the receptionist at the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center said to me, sit right there on the bench, you look like crap. And Gina comes out and she looks at me, she goes, oh my God, you look horrible. And she had gotten me a sample bottle of Mugard. And then she looked at me and she said, nothing's working, is it? And I said, not a thing. And so all of a sudden the heavens open. They got me all kinds of drugs. They got me all kinds of stuff. And then I went to the drugstore to fulfill one of the drugs. And I was told I needed to wait seven days to receive it. I cried again. The pharmacist there was amazing. She sat me down and she said to me, don't worry, we're going to get you this drug. And she gave me a free sample until seven days later I could get my prescription filled. Here's why I'm telling you this story. Everything had to fall apart. And the minute it did, everything began to work. I had to surrender. And I went back to my old Catholic teachings. And surrender is big in Catholicism. And I said to God, I surrender. I have no idea why you're doing this to me. You treat your help like shit. And I'm angry with you. And I heard this still voice within me say, finally. When I went to the office that, that the next day, I was moving some books around and my thesis from my master's degree fell on the floor. My thesis was on human suffering. And as I journeyed to learn that master's degree, I went after why people suffer. And as I began to research all the major theologians and the book of Job and all those components, I learned a very valuable lesson and it changed my thesis. And the name of my thesis is called Suffering from Why to Surrender. There is an incomprehensibility about suffering on this planet and we can ask why forever. But when we surrender to it, doors open, lights come on, and things happen. Surrender. The possibility of letting go. Surrender is deeply misunderstood as an act of weakness. Surrender is the bravest and most lucid thing a human ever does. And that's why it's so precious to the divine because it opens us up and allows the universe to get in. What do you need to surrender to, my friends, in order to learn and allow the universe in? It was a hard lesson for me. But I learned that the pattern was when I surrender things, action happens. Action greater than myself. You don't need strength to let go of something. What you really need is understanding. 
what you really need is surrender. So I have three areas that I have learned recently about the power of surrender and the power of letting go. I have learned that there is a process in letting go, and I wish it was instantaneous. It is not. The process of letting go happens one piece at a time, one bit of information at a time, one wisdom at a time. Secondly, if you're going to let go and let God, you should do it with love, not with anger. But if you have anger to God, congratulations, you are a good Catholic. (laughs) Anger is important. And being angry at the universe is okay, necessary, and transformative. Last but not least, I have learned that what you don't let go of will follow you. Over and over and over again. The process of letting go. I really wish that we would be able to instantaneously change things. And you would be misunderstood if you think our teachings teach that because they do not. It's a misnomer. The process of letting go happens one layer at a time. You know, I had two grandmothers. One was feisty who got a speeding ticket when she was 89 years old. And then I had one who was like a holy lady who was sacred, loving, and if you wanted prayer, you went to Meme Bejeron. That's what we call our grandmothers as Mamere. I watched them eat ice cream at my house one time, and they both had the same bowl of ice cream. My grandmother Bouchard, who is the feisty one with the speeding ticket, ate the bowl within five seconds. My Meme Bejeron, my mother's mother, took a spoonful at a time and would just do layer upon layer upon layer to get to the spoon. It drove me nuts. But Meme Bejeneau was right. The process of letting go is layer by layer by layer. There was a young man who was really searching, and he decided to visit a country known for its unique gifted artist. Over the last few years, a growing sense and feeling of incompleteness had stalked him. And he hoped behind his journey was to find someone or something to help him release the greatness within him. But still latent forces lived in his heart and he struggled to let go. After settling in a small hostel, he went walking through an expansive outdoor bazaar where hundreds of artisans displayed their work. However, everything seemed commonplace, just another dead end. He kept walking, leaving the noisy bazaar behind him And when his ear caught a light tapping sound from the other side of an old wooden fence, he peered in. Coming to an open gate, he looked inside. A young woman was seated in an open courtyard surrounded by various stone sculptures of wild animals. Although these creations were in various stages of completion, they already exuded a remarkable presence of artistry. Just then, a young lady stood up and pulling out a little hammer out of her apron pocket, she walked toward a large stone that was perched on a working pedestal. After a careful examination of one small area, she wrapped it just once with her small hammer. She used so little force, he felt sorry for her timidity. Surely, he thought, 
She must be a novice. But his eyes could not believe what happened next. Suddenly, a dozen small pieces of stone broke away. At first, he thought she made a mistake and had cracked the whole stone. And a moment later, he knew otherwise. She had not ruined the stone. Instead, she had released a secret character. With the one blow, she had not only uncovered a beautiful white marble-like material, but had shaped it to the resemblance of the neck of a swan. He was stunned. What magic was this? Please forgive me, he said as he entered the courtyard, but how in the world did you do that with a single blow of a hammer? She laughed out loud. I'm guessing you've only been there for a few moments. Before you began watching me, I had delivered hundreds of similar small blows in the exact spot on that stone. You saw the results of many, many years and days of work of tapping quietly with consideration. That's how great things are achieved. Consistency. Attention coupled with persistent effort of a little bit at a time until the right time, and then the work is rewarded. Then nothing can stand in the way of its release. The practice of this knowledge and whatever one's intends must produce the revelation that the heart of liberation is itself the art piece. The tapping is the pain. As they shared a smile and said goodbye, the young man knew he had learned an important secret. With consistent attention and persistence and effort, you can release whatever now stands between you and the freedom from which your heart seeks. The only way letting go happens is one tap at a time. Look at your heart, my friends, and look at your life. One disaster needs its attention in order for you to get the next level where you need to be. Don't miss it. Don't miss the opportunity of the little letting goes that will create the masterpiece. Slowly, one step at a time is how we learn to let go of our demons. Slowly, one step at a time is how we learn to be positive. Slowly, one step at a time is how we learn to trust after being broken. Slowly, one step at a time is how we learn to fail and fall in love again. Whatever needs to be released this morning, do not expect an instantaneous miracle. Expect to release a layer, something that will break you down to get to your heart, to get to the core of who you are. Because to get through to the harvest journey, we need to take only one step at a time, but we must keep on stepping. We must keep on letting go. Emily Dickinson says it so simply, one step at a time is all it takes to get you there. One release at a time, one forgiveness at a time. And by the way, the forgiveness is never done one piece at a time. It's done layer by layer by layer at a time. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, the wise one, states it this way. 
If we want to let something go and make a change, we must start by accepting ourselves for better or worse. The higher forces of life are always at work constructively. When we use them constructively, there seems to be no limit to their possibility. But the moment we hold on and do not move forward, then we use the higher forces of life destructively and we appear to block our good. Spirit has imparted its own life to us, placing no limitation except those which we place upon ourselves. The tapping. The tapping of spirit that says to you over and over, let the damn thing go. Surrender. You don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to take the first step. And then the next one. And the next one. To have faith is to trust yourself to the water. When you swim, you don't grab hold of the water because if you do, you will sink and drown. Instead, you relax and you float. That's what release is like. You release and you float. In this mystery of unknowingness, which is not comfortable for me, I don't know about you. But when you relax there, spirit can get in and do something. Creativity requires the courage to let go of certainty, or you can't move to the next step. So I have a note for you. I don't have to take this day all at once, but rather one step, one breath, one moment at a time. I'm only one person and things will get done when they get done. Do what is in front of you. Break down when you need to break down of what's in front of you. All of it is asking you to let go. Spirit says, I love you. Let it go. Because when you let things go with love, it changes the world and it changes you. Instead of resistance, the power to love, the power to let go. Love is what's left when you let go of everything you don't need. Whatever came to your head this morning, what it is you lean to let go of, you don't need it. And when you let it go, you will get love. You will get answers. You will get support. You will get all kinds of things, but you have to love and let it go. Not argue with it. It's from my book, 29 Questions for the Ordinary Life. The truth is, unless you let go, unless you forgive yourself, unless you forgive the situation, unless you realize that the situation over, you cannot move forward. If you want to forget something or someone, never hate it. Never hate him or her. Send it off with great love. Push it through the sieve of love. And what will be left is love. Because at the end of the day, let there be no excuses or explanations or any regrets. Let there only be love. And if you love yourself enough to let it go, that love will carry you with whatever the situation is and it will forgive it. 
This quote comes from uh, our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes. Um, in one of my favorite books called This Thing Called You, it's a little small book that I've absolutely loved since day one. It's the first book I read by Dr. Ernest Holmes. It says, I believe that love is at the center of everything. Therefore, I accept love as the healing power of life. I permit love to reach out from me to every person I meet. I believe that love is returned to me from every person that I meet. I trust that the guidance of love because I believe that it is the power of good in the universe. I feel that love is flowing through me to heal every situation I meet, to help every person I contact. Love opens away from me and makes it perfect, straight, and glad. Love forgives everything unlike itself. It purifies everything. Love converts everything that seems commonplace into that which is wonderful. Love converts weakness into strength and fear into faith. To love and let go. Anything you can't control in your life is teaching you how to let go. Have you not noticed this? Because what do you want to do? You want to, thank you, Marie, my only audience member that's alive. <laughs> you want to control it. You, you and I are control freaks. And don't look at me like you're not, because every situation and every relationship is always about control. And yet we've been put here on the planet to learn to let go. And here, when your body falls apart, you are being taught to let go. Everything about the planet is screaming to you and I, let go, let go, let go, breathe. You don't need to engage in that. And when you love, you'll see you're free. Letting go doesn't mean that you have to don't care about someone anymore. It's just realizing that the only person you really have to control over is yourself. Start there. Last but not least, look at this guy. You laugh, that's how we live most of our life. What you don't let go of keeps following you. It will follow you to the precise energy, thought, and pattern in which you are living, moving, and having your being on this planet. A traveler came upon an old farmer hoeing in his field beside the road and eager to rest his feet, the wanderer hailed the countryman who seemed happy enough to straighten his back and talk for a moment. The stranger asked, what sort of people live in the next town? The farmer replies, well, what were the people like where you came from, replied the farmer, answering the question with another question. They were a bad lot, troublesome, lazy, the most selfish people in the world, and not one of them to be trusted. I'm happy to leaving those scoundrels. Is that so, replied the old farmer. Well, I'm afraid that you're going to find the same sort in the next town. Disappointed. The traveler trudged his way, and the farmer returned to work. Sometime later, another stranger coming from the same direction hailed the farmer, and they stopped to talk. What sort of people are in the next town, he asked the farmer. What were the people like where you came from, replied the farmer once again. They were the best people in the world, hardworking, honest, friendly, loving. I'm sorry to leave them. 
Ah, fear not, says the farmer. You'll find the same sort in the next town. Because it's following you. And what is following you is you. It's not they and them. When we don't let go of something, it just keeps following. It may have a different last name. You may marry a different third person. And they all act the same. I wonder what's wrong with the world. But when you shift who you are, and you shift the dynamic of how you live, you can actually let go of that which is following you. Because the greatest gift you can give yourself is letting go of other people's expectation of your life, of how you think it should be or how they think it should be. Instead of worrying about what you cannot control, shift your energy to what you can create. Bring love to the situation. One of the happiest moments in life is when you find the courage to let go of what you cannot change. The husband you cannot change. The wife you cannot change. The girlfriend or boyfriend that you cannot change. The boss that you would love to change. And all of that discomfort is asking one person only to let go. Life is a balance of holding on and letting go. We do really well with the first one. Not so well with the second. There are things that we don't want to have happen, but we have to accept. Things we don't want to know, but we have to learn. And people we can't live without, but we have to let go. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, has one short sentence in all the writings he wrote, and you're seeing it right here. The man did not know what a period was. This is his shortest sentence and the best one ever. Read it with me. Never limit your view by any past experience. Turn your head around and look in a different direction. Sometimes people come into your life simply to teach you how to let go. And you should be grateful for them. Most of the time you're not. Neither am I. But years down the road, when you look back, you will realize they were there to teach you how to let go. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. And I'm going to share with you a story. Once upon a time, there was a woman who lived by herself in a small village. Rumor had it she was the wisest woman on the planet and could predict anything. She could heal the sick. She could calm angry neighbors and she could resolve fights and arguments. Her reputation was such that she never ever was wrong. Now some of the children in the village didn't believe that that was possible to always be right. Surely she did not know everything, so they decided to play a trick on her. This little boy was amazed at her knowledge and learning and ready to stop and test the woman. He was determined to prove that the old woman didn't know everything, and so he created a scheme. He told all of his friends to meet him at the woman's home the following afternoon so he could prove that she was a fake. All through the next day, he hunted for a bird 
And finally, he caught a small bird in a net and holding it behind his back so no one could see it in his hands. And he walked triumphantly to the wise woman's home. Old woman, he called, come and show us how wise you are. The woman calmly opened the door. May I help you, she asked. You say you know everything, prove it. What am I holding behind my back, the young boy asked. The old woman thought for a moment and she could make out the faint sound of a bird's wings rustling. I believe you are holding a bird in your hands. The boy was furious. How could she have known it was a bird? Then he quickly came up with a new scheme. He asked the woman whether the bird was alive or dead, and if the woman replied alive, he would crush it with his hands to prove her wrong. If the answer was dead on the other hand, he would pull the living bird from behind his back and set it free. He asked the old woman, tell me, is the bird I'm holding alive or dead? The wise woman paused for a long time and the boy waited and the woman spoke. Ah, the answer, my friend. The answer is in your own hands. Open your hands. Place in that. Choose your bird of what you need to let go of this morning. Place it in your hands. I ask you, will you continue to hold on and kill it or will you set it free? Set it free. Surrender it. And feel the freedom to breathe again. Pray with me. Ah, there is such a power in the universe. The God essence itself that lives, breathes, moves us this morning. It is found in the tiny whisper of the wind. It is found in the roar of the ocean. It is found in the beauty of the sun. It is found in the bird that we are holding in our hand. For it is all God expressing itself as one. What I know is that I am one with that divine power when I choose to surrender. When I tap in, turn on, tune in, that God presence permeates my entire being. I know that every single person in this space this morning expresses that one power, that one source we call God. Feel it this morning for you are it. What I claim and know for us this day is that there is a surrender that is happening. There is a letting go that is being called forth this day. I claim and know at this moment that we just simply let it go. Whatever it is, we place it into the universe who has the potential, the depth, and the expression to take it back to its nothingness from which it came. I claim that for us this day. I claim that we dance in surrender, that we surrender anything that is not of love, 
and we let it go. I claim that for us this day. I claim it for our country. I claim it for our world. That we are one world surrendering to the power of love, letting things go and connecting in love with each other. That is what I claim for us this day. I release all fear and we let go this day of any person, situation that is holding us back. I claim and know that it is happening at this moment. I'm in such gratitude that we possess that power to surrender, to let it go so that doors can open, windows can happen, and we can breathe and we can be free. What a grateful heart I have this morning as I stand in this powerful presence, knowing it is working, it is healing for every single person in this space in our world. So I simply release this unto the universal law because I know that the universe cannot move in or do anything with it until I release it, place it into that universal law where the universe dance in the lights, creates the magic, allows the miracle, and opens our heart to love. What a joy it is to release this. And so with one voice, we are reminded as we sing and affirm together. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. time in our service where we get to circulate our good, where we get to surrender our money. And the reason we want to do that is it will come back to us double fold as we do that. 
and we allow that gift of prosperity to flow. And I invite those who are watching us, our virtual audience online, to join in this as well. There's a donate button right by the screen so that you can join us with this powerful process we call prosperity. So I invite you to take your tithe, your gift, place it over your heart. Let us pray our affirmation together. I joyfully celebrate the flow of God through me. I am grateful for receiving and giving to my spiritual community. I give thanks, always knowing God is my source. And so it is.